Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Today's episode of The Cantina is brought to you by Grow Generation. Whether you're at the Death Star or the Senate, they have everything you need to grow right where you are. More from them later in the episode. Welcome to a galaxy far, far away. Here at the Cantina Podcast, we provide top-shelf service, including rumors, leaks, news, and reviews. Come in, order a Loma Nail, and remember, no droids allowed. Well, thanks to our sponsors, Grow Generation, where the pros go to grow. You're back listening at the Cantina again this week. Um, it's me, Cam Clark. Um, however, um, my co-host um, is not actually here, uh, who's usually here with me tonight, is Kel Malone. Kel can't make it tonight, but I do have Shocky. Mike, how you What's doing, mate? Good. How about you? Yeah, good, good, very good. So, um, Star Wars this week, there's been... Um, not a massive amount of news, but there's been a couple of key things that we can probably talk about. Yep. Um, where to start? Where to start? Let's start with the acolyte, right? Okay. So, um, Leslie Headland <clears throat> um, was talking a little bit about the acolyte again this week. Obviously, they're in the process of writing that at the moment. Get the writers mm-hmm. room together, they're, they're getting the scripts going. Um, and she mentioned which kind of did raise a red flag amongst a few fans, certainly Kyle, um, that she takes a lot of inspiration from The Phantom Menace. And I don't know where you stand on The Phantom Menace, but it does rank as my least favourite Star Wars film of all time, I think. Where, I think where does it sit for you? I think it's grown on me. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong, it definitely has its flaws. Um, and there, it's it's, you know, the original trilogy is definitely in the top tier of it but um you know like when i watched as a kid I, I fell in love with it and then during my teenage years in my early 20s i kind of you know had a hate for it and now i don't know what it, it's like coming full circle i've kind of learned to <laughs> to like it or you know i wouldn't say I think necessarily there's definitely love a lot of fans in that position yeah. um i'm not quite there myself at the moment yeah um but uh you know i can't I have a lot of issues that I had with uh, the Phantom Menace were not about the ideas behind it. It was how they put it forward. So, for right. example, uh, and Kel and I agreed, they made Anakin too young in the Phantom Menace. That mm-hmm. if he was a little bit older, a little bit closer in age to Natalie Portman's character, that you know you could start to that age where you start to get crushes on girls and stuff like that. Whereas I, I felt like they made Anakin just a little bit too young for all that to kind of really work but yeah it's a shame that they didn't have uh hating christensen um you know then i think if hating christensen had been a young teenager as anakin because you know pretty much he was in his his teens um when he did attack of the clones so if they got him for the phantom menace which would have been you know a couple years earlier i think that would have been a perfect and you would have seen the growth of Anakin better throughout the three movies instead of 
Um, I can't. I can't remember. Kind of, I mean, they maybe wouldn't have quite get the ten-year gap they wanted yeah. to ahead, mm-hmm. which, but you know, I don't know if it actually needed a ten-year gap. I don't think it really place. matters. Yeah. Anyway, but that's not really what kind of Leslie Headland was talking about, though. What she was talking about was how many questions were raised when she watched The Phantom Menace that then stuck in her head. So, you know, why are they so afraid of Anakin? You know, when, mm-hmm. when Qui-Gon says, I'm going to train this guy and make me the chosen one, why are they like, oh, well, this, this, is, a, this is maybe not a good idea. Right. And, um, and why, you know, are they so dismissive of the fact that Sith could be back, you know? So when at first they hear about Darth Maul, they say, oh, the Sith couldn't have returned without us knowing about it, you know? So she kind of wanted to get into answer those questions if you like and if, if her thing's set what well, well we don't know exactly when it's set but we're guessing something maybe between 100 and 200 years before the phantom menace right then we're not quite in sort of palpatine territory yet it would be whatever happened before that kind of thing so really the only character that we could possibly see would be would be yoda wouldn't it um from the series so yeah from kind yeah. of to me it doesn't really raise a red flag because um because I, I'm interested in that as well. Do you know what I mean? Because it doesn't matter if the film was good or bad. The things that she was asking the questions of kind of made sense to me. Does that? Does that right. And I think I think you're we're in the time period of Yoda's prime of uh, Jedi, but also I mean I think we're going to see. I think a lot of people have guessed that we probably will see like Darth Plagueis because it's of the time frame. Um, you know, I, mean, I would like to see that character i must admit yeah i think but i don't know if it's too early or you know for him or something like that by that point it's hard to say but then if daft league is supposed to have lived for you know a very long time it would it would kind of right yeah. who I, knows I, I, but i'd like to see it yeah and i i gotta believe that and like what i took from this was that she wants to get into the deep core of the sith and, and you know why why the sith are so you know, anti Jedi and, and everything mm. against it. So for me, it's kind of more or less, you know, we're, I think we're going to, even though it's said a hundred to what, 150 years prior to um, uh, Phantom Menace. But we think so. We, we yeah. don't have an exact figure. That's just a guesstimate at the moment. Yeah. But, yeah. That's, I, I still think we're going to see something earlier than that. Like kind of the, I don't know if it's going to be flashbacks or, or, you know, a prologue for all this, but you got to go way, way back. Cause the Sith didn't start with Plagueis. I mean, it's generations. It's Darth Bane instituted the rule of two. And you can, you kind of feel with some of the stuff that they've been doing, especially the books they've been re-releasing that they kind of maybe want to get into Darth Bane at some point. So there could, there could be some teases um, of, of how that began, you know, some mention of Darth Bane, which could then possibly open itself up my future project that goes back even further. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Right. Um, and then what was the other? Oh, so this was another theory I've seen being bounced around is that the Acolyte is really the, the kind of the remake of Knights of the Old Republic in real form. And that this will be um, uh, the, like kind of the story of Revan, you know, Go, you know, going to to the dark side under what was it, Darth, uh, Darth Malak, and stuff. So, um, I've seen that kind of jumped around and stuff. But I mean, right, it's it's all up in the air. But I'm the one thing I do appreciate from the Phantom Menace was kind of the the mystery of the 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 Sith. You know, 
we knew that Palpatine was behind everything right off the bat, but yeah. we didn't know where Maul came from. We didn't know exactly how they were all linked together and stuff. And so that's where I think to me, that's, it's a good sign. You know, I know that Kyle is always skeptical, but for me, it's a good sign of saying, let's answer these questions. Let's go back and see how do things line up so that we get the rule of two, we get, you know, the, uh, the use of um, Maul's, um, oh, they're, not the night sisters but the the i can't think of the well he he was the night sisters the dathomirs where he dathomirs yeah. from yeah um, the dathomirs. initially right right yeah um, the dathomirs and how if you know any connections to there why you know why would palpatine you know i i know they talked about it a little bit in the clone wars uh with dooku and um and dooku trying to overthrow palpatine or at the dark Sidious, um and then um recruiting Oh, Asajj Ventress. Asajj Ventress, that's right. Yeah. And then. Um, yeah, which is kind of the Sith thing, isn't it? So the, the apprentice tries to get another apprentice themselves and hopefully mm-hmm. together they take over. He becomes a new Sith Lord. That seems to be kind of the way they, they do things. Right. What I remember George Lucas talking about was one of the mistakes that um, Thingy made, um, sorry, Palpatine made was. Um, the fact that he didn't have time to go back and train somebody brand new again, kind of thing. But after Maul died, so what he really should have done was he should have went and trained a new apprentice from birth, but he didn't have time to do that and that's why he has to kind of then go for Dooku and turn a Jedi because he needs somebody now, you know, to kind of play that role for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, kind of obviously moves on to Anakin, which is, by that point, is Trugal, you know, so... Yeah, I think I think it still sounds interesting. I mean, who knows? It's like anything; you just have to judge it depending on what. Uh, oops, I just dropped something. Oh, no um, you know, just when it comes out, we'll just judge it by by its own merits. At the end of the day, she talked a lot about representation, all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff, because she gets asked about that every time she does an interview. Because you know, she is somebody who's you know, she obviously married to her wife, um, and she gets asked all about the LB um, QT stuff and, yeah. and everything like that. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's really relevant at this moment in time. I think it's almost at this moment in time where interviewers kind of asking about that like it's the most important thing. If I was interviewing Leslie Hedlund, I don't think I would ask her any questions on that at all because, you know, I'd be more interested in, you know, where do you come at Star Wars? What do you think about Star Wars? That is where my interest would be, is kind of see um, if she's somebody that can deliver, you know? I think it's the one that I'm the most ex- uh, excited, intrigued about. Out of all the projects, you know, um, mm-hmm. that, are, that have been announced and are coming up, this is the one, because, I mean, in all honesty, this is the first time where we are looking at the dark side of the Force, Um because all the Hopefully, movies, yeah, that's what it seems yeah. to be anyway, and that's I think the, it will be. I, mean, I agree with yeah. I agree with you because that's something I've always wanted to see more of, and for that reason alone, that intrigues me as well. And plus, it's because it's it's a little bit away from everything else. It's kind of just going to be its own story as yep. well, and who knows what could spawn out of that? I mean, look at the Mandalorian and what spawned out of the success of that. Exactly, an entire basically franchise getting built up in that period of time between the original trilogy and the, and the sequel trilogy. So who knows what could be set in the kind of that period, 
you know, between the High Republic and the Phantom Menace as well. You know, that's a, a period absolutely ripe for exploration. Right, yeah, because we, we haven't really gotten much into it, so. Yeah. Okay, next thing that uh, we would have probably, we talked about last week. when You, you were on last week, were you? Yeah, no, I was on. Anyway. Uh-huh. Oh, you were? Oh, okay. Um, so we, we talked a lot about, about Rogue Squadron, and obviously Kel and I both have some concerns about that. Well, Patty Jenkins kind of talked a little bit about what our vision for that is um, this week. We covered it on the site. And essentially what she was saying um, was that, you know, the base for all this, you know, she kind of shouted out to Michael A. Stackpole and then the games and the books that all kind of spawned from that to do with Rogue Squadron. But she makes a point of saying, but we've taken all that into a new era. And what a lot of kind of fans thought she meant by that was that we're going into a brand new era of the Star Wars universe. My, my take, and certainly some of the people on the article I wrote agreed with me, was more this era of filmmaking, you know, right. rather than mm-hmm. the way things were back then, you know. But it's unlikely they're going to set this post Return of the Jedi now, isn't it? Like, um, like the original books were. Where do you think Rogue Squadron will actually be set? What period of time do you think it's going to be? Um, it, it, that's a really, really tough question because uh, that's a could it you know take place in between you know Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, pro you know that's that's I think everybody's safe bet. Could it go further, um, you know, into past Rise of Skywalker? Yes, you could do that. Um, that's my bit. That's yeah. my bit. And because the kind of situation that we're left in post-Skywalker is kind of similar to the situation where Stackpole wrote those books originally. Uh, mm-hmm. The Empire's been defeated, but, you know, there's a lot more to go. It's a lot of work to public do. public is kind of is rising and mm-hmm. you know they've set up this squadron and these are guys are like the elite squadron and they have to battle the remnants of the empire and various other people that come along to to piss them off basically yeah um whereas kind of if they went post return of the jedi that's putting them right into that sort of mandoverse you know mm-hmm. ahsoka book of boba fett mandalorian and everything uh, it, it kind of feels too heavy already for then for us then to have a film set in that period i think but who knows yeah who because knows you gotta think sure. about it if you go post rise of skywalker it's same concept like you said after return of the jedi um you there's no more first order the senate had been destroyed in the first in the force awakens <laughs> in the first sequel trilogy film so the, yep. the government's you know the get uh, galactic government that is being set up is very new and so you you got to figure you know some of the the bounty hunters some of the gangs are, are trying you know the um galactic you know uh gangs are trying to take control as much as they can before a government sets in place so you could definitely put something like that together um you know as a you know as a setting you know how is it going to play into you know a fighter pilot movie that's that's different you know because that's every time she's she's been interviewed and that topic comes up she keeps on talking about it it's going to be kind of top gun-esque you know where it's more fighter pilot than anything else so maybe it's kind of i I don't know if you ever saw the what was the cartoon show the resistance squadron or 
Uh, the animation took yeah. me off from trying it plus, but I did try it once and I realised it was very much more aimed at kids rather yeah. than, mm-hmm. you know, even more so than the likes of the Clone Wars or Rebels was to me. Right. And that that definitely turned me kind of off it. Um, but the main thing was probably the animation still. I didn't like that. I didn't particularly care for any of the characters, but... You know, it's hard to do that in just one episode, but I kind of got the feeling just after one that, that this wasn't going to be something I liked, you know. But have yeah, you watched many of them? I watched the, I think, majority of the first season. Didn't really, uh, I didn't really pick up on it in second season of it and stuff. But it kind of had that, you know, the training, getting into the um, the resistance and learning how to fly the X-Wings and doing, you know, mm-hmm. all fancy and stuff. So it could be something like that. Um the the kid in me wants it to be you know the the Michael Stackpole setting Return of the Jedi style Rogue Squadron. Could you do that without wedge though? You didn't I don't. Cast I don't think you can. Though. Yeah, I, I really don't. I, I think that that time. Whereas if moved. they did it post Skywalker, they could bring Dennis Lawson back as the the boss. Oh yeah, because he's he's still alive. He's in the final battle of the Rise of Skywalker yep. in the Millennium Falcon. So. You know, and as far as I know, I mean, he's working at the moment because I see him on certain things in British TV, but I don't think he's in anything that he would be like, well, no, I can't join this very high-profile Star Wars movie, thanks very much, you know. Um, So who knows? I I really, I I just, I have a lot of concerns about it. What about the fact that, well, the writer was announced as well. We found out, you know, and there was a lot of debate who's going to be writing this as if it was some big mystery. Um, and it turns out it's Matthew Robinson, who probably most famous for writing Loving Monsters. You ever seen that film? No, I didn't. I have not Neither seen that. So <clears throat> it's hard for me to say, well, you know, I think Matt, when I covered this story, I was like, well, this is who the, the writer of Rogue Squadron is. Me. Because I don't really have anything to base that off. I've not seen Loving Monsters. I've not seen any of the other stuff he's wrote. I probably will never watch Dora the Explorer, uh, <laughs> The Lost Treasure or whatever it is, which yeah. he's one of the writers on. But, you know, there was nothing in that announcement that made me go, oh, yes, that 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 could be good. Um, he is writing the sequel to um, The Edge of Tomorrow, though. Um, right. It's called Live, Die, Repeat, Repeat or something mm-hmm. like that again. Um, so he's writing that at the moment. <clears throat> but I don't know which one of them would, would come first, you know, um, in terms of where, when they're going to make them and, and they're coming out. So, you know, by the time we get to see possibly the sequel to that and say, oh, that was great, or that was rubbish, you know, it's going to be too late to do it with <laughs> Rogue Squadron by right. then. And so, I, I don't know, I with writers or in, in general, I've always been... Um, like I, I kind of give them more credit than, than I think I would like say a director, or an actress, or actor, um, because th- they write to whatever job they can get, and so I guess you know that's yeah. what the. It's not like oh, I, I only want to write on Star Wars films, or I only want to write. You got to go where where the, you know, the money takes you. Is like Dave Filoni was doing SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, before. Um, coming on to, I mean that is true. And, Wars, you know so. the Russos had only done really like Community before they right. end up, and then you know we all love them now, and they made all those great Marvel movies, and it went well, not anymore, but the most successful movie of all time for a little while. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's hard to kind of, you know, but 
Whereas the opposite is when you like heard Michael Waldron was writing Loki. Right. And you know he's been involved in Rick and Morty. You think, yeah, that, you know, you can see the, the building blocks there and why right. that makes sense. Um, but I just don't see that at this point. So it just that mixed with everything else and the fact that so far what I've seen for Patty Jenkins hasn't impressed me that much herself as a director either. Um, yeah. I can't deny I've got some concerns about that movie. I think and I hope I'm wrong. But I mean, and also too, when you put the you know when you put the name Rogue Squadron as the title, I mean that's the tough. Yes. That's really tough to to live up to, especially for the older Star Wars fans. Because I mean, like you know, like we, you said, we you know post the original trilogy, you know Michael Stackpole's uh, books were some of the most popular Star Wars books out there. And, and at some yeah. point they were only, and then you're talking about you know one of the most iconic video games of all time um, in the Star Wars realm was yeah. Rogue Squadron. Anytime you're talking about flying X-Wings, TIE Fighters, anything like that, you, there's a, the core Star Wars fans get excited about that. So, I mean, the hype is up here for it. We're like something like the Acolyte where there's not really much known about it. You can walk into it and say, oh, we'll see what happens and stuff. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I wonder if that's such a good idea because like one of the th- the issues I had with the sequel trilogy is the fact that they wanted to cash in the fact that this is the end. And actually, see if they'd have called it Star Wars The New Fucking Generation or something like that, <laughs> um, episode one, and they didn't like say this has to finish the story, I'd have probably been a lot more forgiving of that sequel right. trilogy. It was because it was trying to be the end of the entire Skywalker mm-hmm. saga that caused it. The end of a story that already ended. Yeah, that was Mm. that was a big mistake, right there. Like they, it was the end of the story, but the story already ended. Just what is Rogue Squadron? Everybody's going to go think, oh, I can't wait to see this Rogue Squadron. That was one of my favorite books, and then they're going to sit in there and and get Wonder Woman eighty four. Well, when Kyle doesn't see Wedge Antilles in it, you know that that's going to burn him a little bit, and you know, and you know, if it's a whole new, if it's a young cast or you know something like that, where it's like. old instructor recruits a bunch of young hotshot you know pilots and everything and it you know, has to train them it's that's going to be done and i mean that's tough yeah. I, I mean yeah i mean I, i'd more rather see to me rogue squadron and me and kyle have talked about this before it's kind of like when you take a re- already very good pilots almost in a top gun sense and you say we're going to take you to the next level and we're going yeah. to fly the toughest missions and then I want to see them on those missions. I don't want it to be, you know, them dicking about the training academy. Yeah, it, you know? it, it, that's exactly it. I'm with you on that. I don't want to see like a new group of pilots trying to learn an X-Wing. I want to see like Rogue Squadron. You're the, you're the best of the best type yeah. deal. Top Gun, you know, there's a mission that you got to take care of or whatever, you know. Uh, it's tough. I mean, this one's going to be, I'm not saying it's going to be, the the most critiqued but this one's got it's got a big shoes to fill i think because there's so much out there yes. already on rogue squadron yeah yeah i agree with you all right well before we move on to another story which we'll kind of wrap up with it's slightly shorter one this week's folks but just before that we're going to have a little word from our sponsors uh, grow generation take it away guys grow generation where the pros go to grow grow generation 
offers the best deals and discounts on the best grow products on the market. Grow Generation serves customers across the nation and carries a wide inventory of renowned cultivation brands. Go to www.growgeneration.com where the pros go to grow. All right, thanks for that. Um, go to Grow Generation where the pros go to grow. Um, Mike, this one, I think will be slightly more up your street in terms of, but this is a rumour that kind of came out about Obi-Wan this week, but when I wrote it, I said, I'm not sure this is much of a rumour or just kind of stuff we already knew. So making Star Wars had kind of ran a report on the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and lately they've, they've not really been producing much. I'm not going to get into why that is the case. Uh, you look it up, anybody, you'll, I'm sure you'll be able to find um, that there was a few issues with the editor-in-chief, Jason Ward. Um, but during certainly the sequel trilogy, they were one of the kind of best outlets for, for getting leaks and stuff like that. But as I say, not much just now. But they said the sources had told them two key things about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that was that, A, he will go off planet at some point in the show. And I feel like we kind of already knew that anyway. And that he will fight an Inquisitor at some point within the show. And of course, that kind of leads us back to something that we've, we've covered before as well. Um, Corey, obviously, of KRT, who no longer doing videos anymore, but formerly of KRT, was on Steel Wars. And he had said that... Um, oh, I've forgotten her name now. Uh, Moses Ingram. Uh, Moses Ingram. Moses Ingram, that's it, um, was because we knew she was training with lightsabers. We've seen the videos of mm-hmm. it. So we knew she was either playing bad guy or a Jedi, you know, on the run or something like that. And basically he had said, it's Inquisitor. She's playing Inquisitor. And you were able to confirm that with yep. our sources really, really quickly after that and just back those guys up and say, yep, she is, she's an Inquisitor. It was like, you know, you never said, oh, she will definitely fight Obi-Wan or anything like that. I kind of thought that was implied, though, myself. I think it would be a cra- it would have been crazy to have Moses Ingram playing this Inquisitor and not have her going against Obi-Wan at some point in the show. But, you know, at the end of the day, nobody had actually, you know, said that that will definitely happen. And even in that report, it doesn't say it's going to be Moses Ingram's character. It just says, at some point, Obi-Wan will fight an Inquisitor. Do you have any thoughts on, on that at all, or...? You know, agree with what I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I basically am like sharing the same thoughts as you. I think these are things that were already like kind of confirmed, or maybe like we, you know, we we talked about, and you know, pretty much everyone agreed upon. You know, first yeah, that yeah. that Kenobi is not going to be on Tatooine the entire time. I mean, it just can't happen, can it? Because how can he how can he face Vader again, which Kathleen Kennedy herself told us would happen. And you've talked about this a little bit in previous yeah. can, Cantina Weeks. Um, you know, the things that you know about it. You couldn't do that in Tatooine, could you? Right. Because... I think I think everybody's stuck on A New Hope, Obi-Wan Kenobi being on Tatooine, you know, and just sitting there waiting, buying his time. But we have to remember, too, that, um, you know, Obi-Wan has to go train to, to become one with the Force so that he can... You know, when he dies, that he becomes, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a and Yoda had to visit different places for Correct. that for his training. So, you know, and it's conceivable that, that Obi Wan may have to do the same thing, right? And you know, for for Obi Wan to be sitting so close to Luke Skywalker, 
you know, the, the son of Anakin and, and being that entire time wouldn't be realistic or, you know, you, you wouldn't want that to happen. We, and we also get the, I think the iconic Obi-Wan lightsaber duel in uh, Star Wars Rebels with, with uh, Darth Maul yeah. on Tatooine. So yeah. why yeah. would we have all this stuff going on in Tatooine the entire time? Yeah. You know, so I, I do I mean, think if the Inquisitors like, came to Tatooine, they found Kenobi, Vader would be, Vader would be, Vader would be scouring like, the entire and, ship. Yeah. And the... before you know it, he's found, you know, you know, he knows where his adoptive brother or whatever lives. Do you know what I mean? Right. You could you could visit that place and before you know it, oh here's Luke Skywalker and boom, game's a bogey, if you like. Um so it just doesn't make sense for me that if Vader's kind of on the chase for Obi-Wan that he ever connects him with Tatooine, really. Right. You know, in fact, it would make more sense for me if Obi-Wan, if he knew that someone was after him, he would actually leave Tatooine because that would be the safer plan because then he's got to get away from Luke to protect him rather right. than stay close to him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's the most logical, uh, you know, tactic to do. You know, he, he drops off Luke. He then, you know hangs out for a little bit, but then leaves, has to go train. Maybe while he's training, you know, he gets tracked by one of the Inquisitors, which leads to, you know, Vader confronting him again, escapes, and then, you know, goes and decides to hide out and say, I'm done. I'm going to just go and be a hermit, you know. Yeah, he realizes it's sort of too dangerous to be out there. Um, right. You know, because Vader's so determined to to get them and we learned from the bad batch how how quickly the empire was able to transition over and to find you know people who were anti you know uh, you know they were part of the rebellion anti-empire and stuff like that so it's not like Mm -hmm. he's just gonna be able to just get on a ship and just drive anywhere and you know or fly anywhere and be like oh hey i'm here to you know train i'm here to buy this i'm here to get that you know people are going to recognize that he's a jedi people are going to know that the jedi were were targeted during this time period so mm-hmm. that, that that's definitely um i think well not necessarily old news but i think it's pretty much more and more scoopers yeah, we, we, we it. think yeah. it's, it's it's legit it's just yeah. i don't think it's astounding news because it's kind of mm-hmm. it just kind of adds a little bit of detail on something we all kind of thought was going to happen anyway yeah and then moses ingram being an inquisitor um that pretty much i, I is the the safe bet, I would say, um, for her character. Um, we've seen her, you know, training with lightsabers that, you know, that's been posted on social media and stuff. Um, you know, could it be, she had, could she be a Jedi prior? Maybe, you know, type deal. Um, but I think it's safe to say that, you know, at this time period, we're looking at, um, of the show, you know, Vader has the Inquisitors, the the sisters, and um, it just makes sense. Like that's yeah. I mean, this is Obi Wan's what maybe five years prior to Rebels or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, that's a bit right, isn't it? Because Rebels just kind of ends really as just before a New Hope starts, right? Kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, and yeah, in Rebels, there's plenty of Inquisitors about at that point you know so who knows i mean it's possible everyone could even fight more than one inquisitor who Good. knows but the only one we certainly seem to know about so far is moses ingram and 
if she's training to use a lightsaber, I don't think that's going to be just so that she can pull off some fancy moves against some random dudes, in my opinion. Right. It seems obvious. Why why would you not have her fight Obi-Wan? You know? I think she's gonna be the one tracking and, and hunting Obi-Wan. You know, and then once she yeah. finds him, then here's the, the battle that takes place between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. So I mean I would I would guess, and this is just a guess that at some point Obi-Wan will probably kick her ass because an Inquisitor is not a Sith. Um and you know, we so we see in Rebels, which is just a few years later, how quickly Obi-Wan dispatches Darth Maul, who certainly was trained as a Sith and we've saw him, you know, is certainly able to... I don't think he's quite what he was back in The Phantom Menace anymore with the kind of metal legs and everything, but right. certainly enough of a threat to Ahsoka. Um, and Obi-Wan just, like, kicks his ass in two seconds flat, you know, yeah. in Rebels. Because we got to remember is that at this point in time, Obi-Wan has finally become the full, he's no longer, he, he is a Jedi master. You know, yeah. this, he is after his, this like, is really his prime rather yep. than uh-huh. Seth kind of right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's really one with his emotions at this point in time and, and really able to, to take all, all what he's learned and put it into, you know, one, you know, uh, portrayal of who he is and stuff and, and, and his fighting style and, and just the person he is. And we see that in a new hope, even though he's, you know, near the end of his, his life and everything, the, the teachings that he's talking about, the, the lack of, you know, emotion or you know, being pissed off at Han or anything else, or, um, you, you know, the, the lack of emotion when fighting Darth Vader again, like this is all old for him. This is like, I got this now. I know exactly what to do. Yeah. You know, I'm going to toy with you enough so that my, you know, my friends. Because he has no fear of death either, you know, uh, which despite they shouldn't have had any fear. I think, you know, if we go back to that prequel period, the Jedis would still have been, you know, well, they were frightened of General Grievous when he appeared at first. There was a lot of Jedi genuinely scared of them. Um, And a lot of Jedi were scared of Dooku when they, you know, they had to face him as well. Um, Probably certainly Sidious, but, you know, you just never felt like when when Obi-Wan faces Vader again, his only concern is Luke, not himself at all, because, you know, he knows that, you know, his destiny is done at that point. You know, he can Mm -hmm. can die and he can still guide Luke from beyond the grave because he's fully trained up, you know. So he's just in that completely different mind frame. Exactly, yeah. All right. Well, that kind of covers pretty much all the Star Wars news that's that's been out this week. Is there anything else you want to talk about at all before um, we wrap up? I'm just trying to look up to see if there's anything else. It was really kind of a besides Rogue Squadron and Acolyte, there really wasn't. At least much. there was something this week because yeah. there's some weeks of by where there's been been almost no mark. You know, and you always, I always compare that to Marvel. There's never a week goes by when we don't have at least one Marvel story per day, if yeah. you like. Um, but there has just been this almost radio silence about Star Wars more recently. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is so this has been a rumor. That I, I don't buy it, but it's been thrown my way twice. And now some other, I, th- I think comicbook.com covered it, um, but that. It, so I, I don't know. Like I don't even know. This is straight one hundred percent rumor. 
I don't, I have not found anybody else to, to confirm this and everything. And I'm just mm-hmm. uh, more, th- I think it's more just people playing theory crafting and stuff like that, but that Omega is now going to, there's going to be an older Omega in the Mandoverse. Mm-hmm. that the bad batch is basically setting it up so that, um, you know, the whole cloning process that we've seen in the Mandalorian, you know, that they've been teasing yeah. in the back and the Camino, um, the, you know, trying to get um, Grogu's, you know, midichlorians and stuff like that, um, that uh, Omega is the key to that. And that we're going to see that, you know, sometime in the Mandalorian. And I think comic book. I think it's difficult because we're we're so early in in the Bad Batch that it's hard to know where Omega's character's going to go and what connection she could have with Boba Fett. Because we know they have a connection biologically, right? Right. So far, they've never met each other. They don't even know each other exists. Right. Now, that could change before the end of season one, even before all we know. But, but you kind of what I think is like, how many years would it take for us to get to the point where they'd be happy to tell us that that this is the end of Omega before they get there in the Bad Batch? Do you know what I mean? Right. That, that's the thing I think about. So if they introduce Omega too quickly. And the kind of Mandoverse side of things. Like, let's say this is just pure, pure speculation, guys. This isn't end we've heard at all, really. But let's just say they, they bung her into the Mandalorian season three, and we haven't even had the Bad Batch season two. That kind of spoils that that character's still alive and, and still has a, a kind of important role to play before we're kind of ready for that in that show. Does it? Do you know what I mean? Right. You know, I get it too. That's I one just... of the issues I have with it. But... Yeah, I think it's just too I could much see it of connecting. Maybe like, happening, but I would just don't. I wouldn't think it'd be anytime soon. Yeah, so I think comicbook.com, I'm trying to look it up right now. Um, is they said that she would appear in Book of Boba Fett? I don't. And I don't think so. I think it's did they be, just say um, like sources, their own sources, or did they say it's more like else? it's more kind of the, they're taking more of the stance that I am, where it's more like rumor slash theory could it happen maybe type feel um they're not so they, i mean that could be just somebody is hitting all the sites trying to get somebody to pick it up as well you know yeah. that does happen um, yeah there there's uh, so two two on sources that I, i'm not you know great with or you know have mentioned it to me you know i don't buy it though i think it's one of those things it's like yeah that's just too too easy to connect all the dots together and stuff to you know yeah but yeah i'm not i'm, I'm like yeah i'm not prepared to and jump i don't really don't want that either. one unless yeah. someone come out that you know someone we trust that comes out and says um yeah by the way that is legit um this is happening then that would change our point of view on it but so far we've we don't have that right so no and you know, I mean, we, we can't just believe every room over here so it, I think so many people are jumping on the, oh, well, Ahsoka made the jump. Um, you know, Boba Fett made the jump into the Manoverse. Like, oh, let's have all these characters, you know, come into the... You know. Yeah. I just, I think it's too many. I, I kind of I, like the original characters. I like Mando season one with all the original characters. I don't mind an Ahsoka showing up here and there. I don't mind, you know, a Bo-Katan, um, you know, well, The, type the point is, though, you know, like, I feel that with Ahsoka and that, you know, we know that there was... At one point, there was plans for a Rebel sequel, and we don't really know what happened to that. And now, you know, it seems as if all of that is going to play out in live action. Right. So I can kind of understand why 
Filoni especially feels he needs to tell the end of Ahsoka's tale, which is what happens in her search for Ezra and what happens with Thrawn. And, you know, we need to conclude all that. You can't just leave it. Mm-hmm. Well, you could leave it hanging there, but when you're looking for content to film, why, why not tell these stories? But, you know, at the moment, we just don't know if Omega is just a bad batch only thing or whether, you know, she's still going to be around at that point. I mean, it could have a tragic ending for all we know where Omega gets killed or something right. like that. I, mean, I doubt they would do that. And, you know, when it's a kid and stuff like that, it doesn't say kind of feel an animated show is the right place to do that. But, um, but you just, you just don't know. Um, I, I, whether she would come into live action, I wouldn't be against it in any way, but I wouldn't want to see that for a long time yet, you know? Right. I, I would want to build up to that later on. So, you know, let's give these all these characters that we have brought from the animated over to live action, let's give them their time to shine before we start adding new ones all the right. time. That's I, the way I kind of think about it. I, I 100% agree. I, I enjoyed the, what, two minutes of Luke Skywalker and yeah. that's it you know type deal you know ah- ahsoka getting her own show 100 I, I i get that and understand that but like bo katan the use of her and the mandalorian just write him out and stuff you know mm-hmm. so yeah if it's if it becomes you know this and she whole... wasn't a major major character you know right. she was in certain arts but there was whole parts of the clone wars and rebels as well where she just wasn't involved at all so you know Kind of doesn't, you know, and and it is a Mandalorian based story after all. Do you right. know what I mean? So it kind of makes sense her history with the dark saber, all that, based on where we think things are going. That 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 she would be involved in that, but you know, you could you could make the argument that that Omega could be connected to all that as well. But I don't think yet. You know, no, maybe maybe think, they'll tease that later on, but I don't know. What I think whatever you could do with Omega, you can just do with Boba Fett because they're basically identical. They're there's both direct clones of Django, so the cloning process well, that yeah. You know, unless yeah. there is something different about Omega that we don't know yet, the clones right, don't uh, even know yet, and it's just not been introduced in the Bad Batch. You know, early on there was a lot of people wondered whether she could be the key to cloning a Jedi because she's got some sort of force abilities which she's not learned to manifest. And I'm not saying that's what they're going to do but we can't discount it completely at the right. moment just because none of the characters have told us that that's because Lama Sue, all these kind of they've not told us what they're thinking about the character yet all we've heard is that little bit of kind of um what the clones think that she is and then right. the fact that they want her back you know no I, I definitely guess we might find out more by the end of the season yeah, I, it's, I think it's one of those, and this has been one of a, a longer season because what it goes, we still have like what five more episodes and stuff. So yeah, so we're just yeah. over, like we're just we're past the halfway, halfway point. point. Yeah, so, so six, yeah. sixteen episodes in total. Yeah. Is yeah, so, yeah, so which is it's kind of not that uncommon for an animated series. To be fair, um, I didn't I didn't think it was going to be that long because uh, what we only got, what did we get? Twelve episodes with the the last season of the Clone Wars. So yeah, yeah, yeah the, I, I was, it was gonna... shorter to be fair, yeah. but the old ones were like when it was on the networks, they were oh, yeah, it was like 24, 24 episodes. Yeah, yeah, 22, 24 like episodes. Rebels was anyway, but you know, there's various different ways to tell a story, and, and right. you know, I suppose it just comes down to you know that something like Kevin Feige's talked about himself is that you don't always have to do the same thing. 
You know, right. so one one series can be longer than another. So there's nothing to say bad backs could be the next series is only seven episodes and the 40 minute episodes. You know, they can do whatever the hell they want and still call it a season and it doesn't really matter in streaming because they're not having to fit into some network schedule. You know, there's no, no you're exactly right. Concerns about that now. The beauty of having streaming services now. Yeah, we are living a a golden age. We just hope the stories kind of, um, the talents there kind of fill it out for us, I suppose. Right. All right, Mike, uh, we'll wrap that uh, up there. Um, guys, listen, every Friday there's a cantina out. Uh, myself and Kel usually are always there. Mike will join us as often as he can uh, to get his point of view on things as well. Um and just check out all the stuff that we've got on lrmonline.com. Um, that's where Mike and I work for. And, uh, you know, our, our right stories during weekdays. Uh, we cover all the rumours, Marvel, Star Wars. If you're more into podcasts, Kyle is involved with numerous different podcasts, including The Daily Call, which used to be LRM Mornings. We've got Marvel Multiverse Mondays, which is currently Marvel Multiverse Thursdays because Loki's in a Wednesday and you know that and all Disney Plus shows are going to be in a Wednesday they're going to be released from now on we've heard um, what else have we got we've got you know Geek Scholars we've got Breaking Geek um, Netflix and, and Chill we've got Anniversal Anniversal I don't know um, so there's tons of stuff um, and it's very very easy to find wherever you get podcasts Mike how can people reach you online if they want to chat um, pretty much at uh, LRM underscore exclusive is the um, main Twitter account that we use and you can just DM me or you know tag me on there and you can find me at LRM underscore cam uh, I'm on personal account but you know obviously you can reach out to me on the LRM exclusive as well because we'll pick it up on there as well thanks for listening and once again as Kel usually says I'll do it this week may the force be with you Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.